It was the summer of 1990 and I was 19 years old. I was standing on a long stretch of straight road in rural Iowa as part of a survey crew where we were marking a road to be resurfaced. It was the first day for me helping this crew, a nice departure from doing the other entry-level jobs for the secondary roads department. Carl was my boss and he was walking briskly towards me and he was furious. And as he got within 20 feet or so, he started shouting, quit screwing around, pay attention, get your head out of your rear. Except he used, shall we say, some more intense and colorful words. I stood there bewildered as he tore me apart. What happened next was a great learning experience for me. And it's actually become an effective illustration that I get to use in my business when I'm speaking about healthy communication and unhealthy communication. Hey, welcome back team. This is the podcast where we explore what it means to lead our companies, teams, and homes with a humble confidence. And this is The Coach's Corner. And these are these episodes where I have a chance to pass on some wisdom that I've picked up from my own experiences, things I've learned from my coaches, things I've read in books or heard on podcasts, and also just things I've learned from my work with clients. Earlier this week, I hosted a breakout session for the Resilience and Wellbeing Summit in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And my topic was on healthy communication. And that's when I used this story about that summer job back in 1990 to set it up. And it's something I want to share with you today as we talk about being approachable. If you're tasked with leading a team of any size, then you must embrace the concept of being approachable. Here's why this is absolutely critical. If you aren't approachable, then without a doubt, you are missing vital information that would enhance your team's success. When you're approachable, you gain respect from team members. You'll have more open dialogue. It reduces the amount of mistakes that occur. And you'll even see improvement in productivity. Additionally, you'll have a team that feels more cohesive. And here's the best part. You'll see that it instills confidence in others. Now, likewise, when you're unapproachable, uh, you're not approachable. Basically, the opposite is happening. Communication is incomplete. People are afraid to make decisions on their own. There are more mistakes just overall. And it reduces morale and lowers productivity. So being approachable, I'm, honestly, it's a no-brainer. But let's talk about some factors that might limit your approachability for others. All right. The first one is this. Number one, you are moody. Moody people are up and down. And this creates this feeling of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde from your team. They don't know which version they're going to experience from you from day to day. And it causes them to ask, what mood is James in today? Is this a good time to talk about that problem we keep having? And when people realize that today is not a good day because you're in one of those moods, well, they just keep limping along, which will impact your customer satisfaction, team morale, etc. Two big things that you just can't afford to compromise on. Now, the second way it's a factor is you lack control over your emotions. If you're known for losing your temper, it will create a sense of fear and apprehension amongst your team. And you can be certain that others won't come to you as frequently or with as much detail because they don't want to get yelled at or they don't want to endure your meltdown. A wise CEO once explained his approach, which is to never get too high during the highs and to never get too low during the lows. Number three, you give off that vibe. Okay, you know what I mean here. 
You say things like, my door's open. You can always come in and talk to me. Except your face and your body language, well, they say otherwise. And people read that and they know that this is not the time to come in. Now, the dangerous part about that is you might get frustrated when you learn that that's the uh, perception others have about you being overly busy. And then you react negatively toward them for not being willing to interrupt you. Be careful here because that's destructive to your team's view of you as their leader, and it will unravel even further very quickly. Number four, you're stressed. People who are stressed are often hurried and rushed, and they're trying to make up time, trying to beat the clock, racing from time, uh, racing from meeting to meeting. A stressed boss creates a stressed team, and it will prevent people from communicating openly with you. Number five, your ego. See, when your confidence is unchecked, you become arrogant, and arrogance is directly tied to your ignorance. That's because overly confident people, well, they don't ask for help, and they often portray, hey, I got this. So they don't seek input from others. They believe they're supposed to have all the answers. Well, there's a great quote that I like to share by Andy Stanley, and it says this, leaders who don't listen will be eventually surrounded by people who have nothing to say. Now, number six is your timidness. This is another factor in approachability. We have to also talk about the timid leader who avoids conflict and resists giving feedback or is reluctant to make a decision. Weak leaders actually are very approachable. However, because people have zero confidence that they'll do anything with it, they choose to go to someone else who is willing to help them. Number seven, you don't make time to get to know the people on your team or around the company. Building strong relationships is a huge factor in your approachability. When you simply don't know you, or when people simply don't know you, they won't be as open to you. They'll withhold ideas and concerns and suggestions. You'll always have a better dialogue with people when they sense that you care about them and their needs and their goals. Number eight, you are intimidating. Now be careful with this one because you might be setting the the bar, the example, so high that others just feel like they can't possibly match it. It might be that you're always the first one in the office in the morning or the last one to leave, or maybe it's both. It could be that you set the bar of quality and excellence so high that whatever you produce seems like it can't be matched. And people wonder, how do you consistently pull that off? Hey, these aren't bad. In many cases, this is great. This is awesome. But a humble and confident leader realizes that at times they have to show their vulnerabilities and their weaknesses, not in a way that makes others feel better because that's like false humility. But to show others that, hey, I've made mistakes. Here's things I've struggled with at times. And it's in these situations, it makes others respect you more. And it inspires them that they can do the same. So let's wrap this up a little bit here. Being approachable is an essential quality for anyone who leads others. Have you ever considered that your own approachability is something that can be evaluated? I actually work with senior executives and people in various levels of management all the time on this one uh, to know how to be more approachable in specific ways in which they have a gap and how we can improve it. Now, if you don't have a coach, you can still get this feedback by inviting others to hold you accountable and ask them to point out ways that you're coming across to others that you aren't aware of, especially if you're during times of stress or um, you just need some interpretation of your own body language. Now, let's go back to that summer of 1990 and what happened as Carl tore me apart, thinking I'm lazy, telling me I'm worthless and accusing me of not paying attention. 
Carl was so mad that I was missing the marks on the road that our, as our crew of three was just trying to get going, I felt like I was one inch tall. And Doug, who was my friend, another part-timer like me, said, can't you see this? And I said, only if I'm right on top of it. Can you see it easily? And he said, yeah, it's bright red. I said, well, for me, it's a shade of gray. He says, are you colorblind? I must be, because that red crayon is red until you go and you put it on the asphalt, then it's just a darker shade of gray. Carl grabbed a yellow marker. And with a heavy dose of cynicism, he said, can you see that one? And I said, yeah, perfectly. Can we switch to that? And we got going again. And from that point on, I didn't miss another mark on the rest of the job, just miles and miles of smooth sailing. Carl never apologized. But on a Thursday afternoon later that week, a week of 90 degree temps in the afternoon, we finished. He told us he was going to take us into town for a milkshake. Well, I was standing there with Carl and Doug waiting for that wonderful chocolate shake that I ordered. Carl says, you did a good job this week. That was it. Nothing more was said. In that moment, it was enough. But here's what I want you to take away from my experience 33 years ago. Don't be like Carl. Don't assume the worst. You know, Carl could have been more patient. He could have been kinder. He could have led with some humility. And he definitely could have treated me with some dignity that day. Here's the truth. That when you lead with confidence that's covered with humility, dignity, it becomes a natural expression off of you. See, not everyone has it. But if you're listening to this podcast, I'll bet you do. I'm James, and I'm blessed to partner with leaders to build purpose-driven organizations that are filled with talented people doing exceptional work on the most important things. And as always, I want to thank you for coming along in this journey with me where we learn together. And I'll see you again on the next episode.